Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather and this is random randy savage on this week's episode, we have a special guest with us here to talk about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban for our ongoing Harry Potter book club. Spoilers. Hit that music. Hey, Heather. Hi, Liz. How are you today? So far, so good. It's a uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday because I kind of felt a little guilty drinking this early. But then I realized Super Bowl Sunday, half the world's already drunk. <laughs> true, true. I actually expected my neighborhood to be a lot more busy today. But I guess because it rained so much, usually like there's a neighbor down the street that pulls in some kind of big ass RV that's got like a, a screen on the side and they watch the game. But right now ghost town so hopefully it'll stay that way at least through this podcast (laughs) so we actually have a guest on with us today which we don't have a lot anymore but we're excited to do that so guest why don't you introduce yourself hello this is random randy savage i'm coat 45 podcast keeper of keys and daughter (laughs) holes Uh, yeah, so we have we have Randy with us from Colt 45. We're super excited for him to be here. And uh, I have to say, Randy, outside of our D&D episode, you're the first dude that's been on the show. Yes! <laughs> yes! You have broken that glass ceiling, sir. <laughs> All right! <laughs> I'm so happy. Now the floodgates are going to open. I know, gonna- now you're just a swarm of dude. <laughs> We've had a swarm of dudes since we started this. You would not believe the number of guys that email us on a weekly basis going, hey, can I be on your podcast? We're like, mm, yeah, no. So I, I just wanted this episode. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> your regular schedule episodes. That's all you guys. <laughs> that's fine. We'll just keep the dudes to a book club. How's that? Uh, so Perfect. I told producer Craig, I said, well, we're going to have a guy on the podcast. But if anybody's going to be the first guy on the podcast, it should be Randy. And. Uh, producer Craig looked like I just kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> but he doesn't. It's not fair. He hasn't read this book, so there you oh, go. Oh, well, that's his fault then. <laughs> right. I did the research and read the book. So I have to say, I think uh, Beat Him Down is a little, a little annoyed that he's not on the show. <laughs> not that he's read this book, but we had now we have you, and we also had his wife Carla on a previous oh, wow. episode. <laughs> So I'm like, eek. It's okay. He'll live. 
Well. Maybe we should get together. Life's all about disappointment. Yeah. Maybe we should get together <laughs> at Comic Palooza and like hang out in the hotel lobby and just let people walk by and just do some live commentary. There yeah. it is. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I think this year Comic Palooza is going to be a different ball of wax. So we'll see yep. how it goes. Mm. It doesn't matter. I hope it's nice. The hotels are still the hotels. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I tell you what, if you want if you want to really get some good info on what's happening, you got to go hang out in the Smokers Lounge at the Hilton. The outside, I noticed right that there, too. There yeah. are a bunch of badass people out there. I think that's how I got like 80% of the people who showed up for our live show cuz the room was full before anyone we actually knew even showed up. So, yep. That's amazing. Yep. It was I know cool. that's where all the movers and shakers <laughs> like to hang out, like mm-hmm. Yeah. Um all right, so That's where you find them, and I had my ten-year-old uh, niece out there too, so she was learning all sorts of good stuff. Oh, she's going to be a mover and shaker. Yeah, <laughs> she already is. Yep, she was cosplaying her butt off. So. Yep. All right, so uh, this week we are continuing our Harry Potter book club series. Um, in addition to our regular book club, we decided a while back to go back and reread all of the Harry Potter books. We do read them as if we don't know what's coming in the mm-hmm. future, even though we clearly know what's coming in the future and we try to stick to that as much as possible so if you haven't read beyond book three never fear we will hopefully not spoil it for you it's also been out for a decade so that's on you i know (laughs) movies fan fiction yep oh yeah look it up on wikipedia guys it's not that hard (laughs) right so anyway we are doing harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban so this is the third book in the series so Mm. yay Yes. Yep. It's the first time we are introduced to a Messrs. Mooney, Padfoot, Wormtail, and Prongs. Prongs. There you go. Who she get there in the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. We have a distinct delay. This is going to be a great podcast to edit. So we're sending it to Randy to edit, right? That's what you're saying. <laughs> yep. So what's up. I'll get it done. He probably would faster than we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rand- Randy, edit away. <laughs> you, you guys have families and stuff. I just take the whole week off. Yep. I got dogs. I don't know. Three tracks. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't have family. I, I got don't. one of those. Well, I have a husband, but he's also editing podcasts. So we got stuff to do. We're all we're doing the same thing. We're just not doing it together. He's editing his podcast. I'm editing our podcast. All right. So, first thoughts on the book. First thoughts on the book? Hmm. Well, my first thoughts on the book were, this is the first time we're introduced to also new uh, new characters, new uh, new powers, new concepts of time travel in the Harry Potter universe and I, I I love all those things I love all the new the new and improved and building on the old and you know we get to see more of the relationship between Ron and Harry as we move forward and how how really there's these um he becomes more and more a part of their the Weasley family as we move forward like even like the brother, the twin brothers, you know, give him something that they wouldn't even give to their younger brother. And like, oh, how come they skipped you? They give it to you. They're not me. I'm their blood. But, you know, <laughs> that happens throughout the rest of the series as well. 
or they treat Harry like family as they move forward. They treat Harry better than some of the family, I will say. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Definitely think, Percy. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I like about this book is, you know, the first two books we have, everything that we're dealing with is influenced by things within Hogwarts, right? Every mm -hmm. character we have, even, you know, in the first book, we've got Professor What's-His-Face with the face on his head. We got all of that, but it's still like within the realm of the school. And the same thing with the second book. This, we are finally introducing elements from the outside world. So yeah, we, we have... Um, yeah, yeah, like Hogsmeade, the Knight's Bus. It's the Night Bus, not the Knight's Bus. That's what Batman rides. Anyway... <laughs> 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 to the night bus running <laughs> but yeah reminds me I was riding home one year we were on a, a road trip and I found this like past this RV and the back mm -hmm. of it just said vengeance and I was like Batman goes on a road trip <laughs> get some jerky and a two liter coke <laughs> stop at the vengeance <laughs> oh too funny yeah, I, I thought that I really liked the magicalness of Hogsmeade and that whole setting and, you know, just being immersed in more of it. But I think that when we first were introduced with the exterior characters, it was mostly due to the uh, Dementors on the bus going out there. I mean, we obviously the night bus and the Leaky Cauldron, we knew a little bit, of, uh, we learned about, which was pretty cool. But the Dementors going out there is what just startled me to no end. That they're that these beings are just allowed to just stop a bus and like uh, go through the souls of all of the child passengers. Yeah, you think there should be some sort of uh, parental supervision at this? There's really very few adults on the bus on the train at all, really. Yeah, it's just the engineer and the lady who passes out the snacks, and it's like that's it. And I think. Having Professor uh, Lupin, Lupin, having Professor Lupin on the on the train was now like the first time like we actually get an, another adult to introduce into this you know into the carriages and stuff like that. So, like I'm yeah. so really surprised there's not another like even just an outside teacher just like just Professor Flitwick just showing up <laughs> and like okay I'm I'm here to watch over you kids because there's like a hundred and ninety of you riding this train and. There's no other supervision. Yeah, think about every school field trip you ever went on. There was a parent, there were teachers, there were adults, like one adult for every five kids or something. I mean, they're, they're just like, fuck it, let them roam, we don't care. I mean, it's a train, and how much trouble could they possibly get in? And it's not like they all have magic powers or anything like that, come on. <laughs> they're not playing a game in the hall called Exploding Snaps. I mean, geez. Yeah. And, and we learned on the last um, uh, book that they are super cutthroat with the Hogwarts Express. Like, if you are one minute late, it's gone without you. Fuck school. Try again next year. Yeah, I don't even understand how the train comes up to speed fast enough to be gone at the stroke of one past. Like, no sense. Magic. I guess. <laughs> Magic. There you go. It just, the, the, but... This just infuriated me so much in the second book. We're just like, let's take the flying car. <laughs> That's the next, and we'll often. totally catch up to it. I, I love it. Like, I, I love that their first thought wasn't, you know what? We should rate right here for mom and dad, who can then figure out how to get us to school. Yep, effectively. Not we're going to steal the car. 
And fuck it's like, mom and dad. It's it's okay if we miss the train. I figured like some what if if you miss the train, there's still ways to get to Hogwarts. You could still take the night bus. You can still get the flu powder straight to not to Hogwarts. You could apparate. You could fly a broom. You could just wait for the next train. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like the train isn't school. Like if you don't show up for the train, you you could still like. What if you lived in Hogsmeade? Do you have to go all the way to King's Cross to like that take the dumb. train? You could just walk. Right. You just walk <laughs> over with your bag of honeydukes and just do your thing. Or, I mean, yeah. Not everybody has to ride that bus, you know. I don't know. And then it's so. And then I chalk it up to like, well, why did they do that story? Just because <laughs> it's more it's more interesting if they have to like do something to get. The most ridiculous thing they could do. Okay. They fly a car. (laughs) We've talked about in the past that, you know, these books, when you read them, they are very, very much kind of written at the level of the age that Harry is, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is like an 11-year-old level, a 12-year-old level. Like, it just kind of – and it progresses like that. And obviously, the more you go, the more adult and serious the books get. And they also double in length or more. And I think that – you know, that's a really that's a really cool way to write these things. So I'm sure thirteen year old Liz would not be asking the same questions of, you know, why does the people in Hogsmeade have to take the Hogwarts Express? It doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, know. I think thirteen year old Randy might have asked that at least yeah. once. Maybe. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like if my mom left me at the store, I'd be <laughs> stuck at the store. Yeah. I wouldn't just try to find a way with a cop or something. Be I like, go steal her car. Yeah. yeah, I go steal her car or steal another car. Yeah. That just exacerbates my situation. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, up to this point, okay, up to this point, Harry and Hermione and Ron have really not had any consequences to their actions. Um, I mean, Hermione's not one who's really going to go out of her way to do a lot of stuff just yet, but... You know, again, Harry and Ron break literally every rule in the school every year. They've gotten no punishment for it whatsoever. So I'm sure it doesn't even cross their mind that stealing a car, flying it in broad fucking daylight over London, they just don't even think that that, there's nothing wrong with this at all. And that just comes from their, like, very wishy-washy headmaster who just like, whatever, it's fine. Ten points to Gryffindor. Right. (laughs) 60 points. 60 for no points reason. for being a good person. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So All right. that actually brings up a point I wanted to ask you about Slytherins. Because the way that the Slytherins treated are like second class citizens. Like, obviously, Dumbledore gives no shits about them when they win the House Cup and things like that. So he overrides, uh, overrules the point system that he created. So I. And generally, they're portrayed as assholes. Now, are they assholes because everybody just assumes Slytherin are assholes? Or maybe, uh, and 25% of all wizards are assholes. Or are they assholes because they've been put in that bucket and they might as well be assholes if since they've been told they were anyway? Or are they really assholes? Or do we just see them as assholes because the story is being told from a Gryffindor point of view? Yeah, I'm going with that one. Because I feel like, I feel like... Uh... Eddie Thunderblunk, you know, the Slytherin, doesn't give two craps about Harry Potter and his troubles. And he's just like, I'm just here to get through this school, man. I don't even, I don't even care about you and your kind. I'm going to do I'm going to look out for myself because that's what I was told. My mama told me, got me into this school and make sure I pass. 
I ain't going to be about no any of this. I don't know why he went like that. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's, I mean. I'm just trying to get through potions. Yeah. You don't choose the Slytherin life. The Slytherin life chooses you. Right. (laughs) Well, it's like, yeah, so. I don't know what makes a living death. No. (laughs) Yeah, so one particular, you know, obviously Malfoy is kind of a dickwad Slytherin and, you know, and his uh, cronies. However, yeah, there's plenty of good Slytherins. In fact, from what I understand, Slytherins and Hufflepuffs get along famously well. Mm-hmm. We, they both live on the lower levels of Hogwarts, which is weird. Well, the you know the Hufflepuffs have to be close to the kitchen, all those sandwiches. Right. <laughs> all that good herb. Oh Lord. Okay. All right. So I just I. There, there are parts about this book, and I've seen it in the previous books, that have kind of reflected this kind of uh, less evolved way of thinking of the wizarding community. And I see it more in this book because they're, uh, you know, like the Dementors. This is who they use for their law enforcement. This is clearly some, like, 15th century English uh, bullshit, right, that's going on. Are are they really like more evolved than the Muggles at this point? Mm-mm. No, they're they're just as dumb, <laughs> if not dumber. It's like it's like we got to find this guy, so we're going to use these saber tooth tigers to hunt him I down. I know why? <laughs> because we have them, saber tooth tigers. It's a dragon. We you know fuck security systems that totally work. We're going to put right. a dragon in here. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could beat a spell. <laughs> because what else is he going to do? I mean, this dragon has been unemployed for 1,500 years. We have to give him a job. And we got to keep torturing it so it doesn't, like, try to keep right. escape. It's like, fuck this. That, that That's exactly right, though. I mean, they're treating, um, they're treating magical creatures awfully. Like, they're not giving them the... Even though they're clearly sentient and appear to be much more evolved than the rest of their society. And also, they you know, disregard 25% of the wizards at any given time. They write off kids that are not magical as uh, squibs and they're, they're just shoved aside. And then, and racism is openly and blatantly. Okay. Oh yeah. So we call some kids, mm-hmm. some mud blood that, you know, it's just, it's fine. As long it's as fine. you're not a mud blood, you know, then it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's life in the hood, I guess. <laughs> the magical menagerie of the hood. Yeah, so this book has really kind of shown me, it's like, oh, you know what? They are still, I was hoping that wizards would be more progressive than the muggles. but And, and they're English, so you think they're automatically going to be. But no, they're not. It's just the accent. For some reason. We, <laughs> yeah, it just makes it seem more yeah, proper. For some reason, we, we just think that accent makes you more intelligent or fancier in some way, but... Clearly not. <laughs> All right. So we talked about a little bit about the Dementors. Apparently that they just take no prisoners and they give a shit not about your life and everything. But we did get introduced to uh, Professor Lupin in this exchange. And he's pretty mysterious. And you don't find out until later that it's like, why is he keeping all this stuff secret from Harry? Like the fact he knew his father. And hung right. out. I could see not wanting the world to know you were best friends with Sirius Black. I could, you know, while he's on the run and a murderer in everyone's eyes. I could see that. But, uh, yeah, it seems weird that he wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, James and I totally hung out after school a couple times. Yep. 
maybe that would have given away the fact that he was friends with Sirius. I don't know. Possibly that one. Or he was totally into uh, uh, Harry's mother like everyone else was. So just kind of like, I don't want to bring any of that weirdness up. Now, so the fan fiction is that Sirius and James and Lily were a thruple, but uh, Sirius (laughs) and Lupin hooked up quite a bit. Mm. So there you go. Mm. I heard that on Potterotica podcast, which got shut down by Warner Brothers. So now it's called something else. Yeah, they have a new name now. Yeah. Good for them. Keeping this, keeping the magical smut going. <laughs> now they're like, well, now we can expand to other genres. <laughs> right. They're like, now we're just going to take over fanfiction.net in its entirety, <laughs> which is fine because it kind of yep. blows. I don't know. I, 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 I've heard of it. I actually don't read much. I only listen to audiobooks, which is what I did here. So, in, yeah, in I gr- listened to it this time. This is my first time to listen to this particular audiobook. But, Oh yeah, I do all. I've I've done all the audiobooks. I I actually tried reading some of this to my son, and he got bored real quick. And I ended up just doing the voice I heard in the audiobook. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, the guy. I mean, the guy that did the audiobooks is awesome. Like he's he's very very he's pretty good. good. Except for okay, I know that uh, J.K. Rowling came out and said afterwards, you know, you guys aren't supposed to pronounce the T on Voldemort. Right. I'm like, but we all do. But the audiobooks they actually don't. And I'm like, stop it. I know. Just, just throw that T right on there, please. That and the, what was he trying to say instead of the animagus or whatever they call it in the movies? It's animagis or I don't know what he was saying. It was like, what? what was it? Yeah. It, 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 animagi. <laughs> animagi. <laughs> the gift of yeah. the animagi. The animagi. Yeah. But, all right. So, introduce- I, I have something real quick no before problem. we get okay. too far past the beginning of the book here. How are more people not murdered by the night bus on a daily basis? I have no idea. Because like the pa- like the passengers no, or No, like pedestrians? a pedestrian wizard just because it's like all you have to do is hold out your wand hand. Well, how often does that happen all day long that your ha- hand is out and then the night bus is just going to show up? So That's know. that was um that was your fan fiction episode you did. It was. That was the best. <laughs> Voldemort taken out by the night bus. It was the best. That was awesome. That'd be awesome. That'd be dumb. (laughs) Yeah. It was dumb and it was amazing. Yeah, so Stan So I guess all the like horcruxes didn't help you at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Stan Shunpike was like this national hero and people kind of forgot about Harry Potter after that. Which he was happy about, yes. Yeah. That was the only one of those fan fictions that could have been read in the (laughs) <laughs> younger company i'm pretty sure yeah there was there was a lot less sex in it than normal there was no sex in that one for sure yeah oh well then is it really considered fiction? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that does see that does seem very dangerous also this omen of the grim and the self-fulfilling prophecy kind of starts out here and i loved that uh, the David Trelawney, Professor Trelawney, mm-hmm. is so over the top and like, oh dear, somebody's gonna die. And then, um, and McGonagall's like, all right, who's gonna die this week? Right. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did she say Which this one year? One of you is the chosen one. Is one? Oh, of course, it's Harry. Oh, <laughs> it's like I thought she'd be a little bit more creative right, than that like, one. That really, Sybil. <laughs> that was, mm. yeah. It's like, He's kind of a given, right? right? You're like, didn't you already do this prophecy once? Like, we got it. We got it. Yeah. And there's also um, a serial killer out to get him. So maybe we shouldn't, uh, you know, take things a little too obviously. 
Okay, I also have to say Dumbledore is a seriously, seriously lenient boss because I think Sybil has had a grand total of two actual real life predictions in her entire lifetime, (laughs) yet she still has the job as the divination teacher at Hogwarts. I know. Nobody else, (laughs) all all the other professors just scoff at this uh, skill or this this uh, this thing that, by the way, if if you don't have the gift, you're not going to learn it. So, hey, let's have an entire class that requires credit for it. Yeah, because if Hermione can't get it. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's just Spanish 102. Right. That's all it is. It's like, if you ain't got it by now, you're not going to get it later. So, you still got to take the test. <laughs> but I feel like she does occasionally have, like, predictions, but... They're so insignificant that no one ever takes notice. Today of them. will be grilled cheese day in the cafeteria. Like, yeah, it's like you you saw them bring it in. Uh, that doesn't you count. Help them make the sandwiches. It's not really a prediction. That, guy, that kid, that very clumsy child, is going to break one of my favorite right. chinas. And I was like, You're like it's Neville. What doesn't he yeah. break? I mean, he, what? Yeah, he's going to break something on the way up. Yeah. <laughs> and poor but- Neville. Talk about self fulfilling prophecies, right? If you're the one who wasn't chosen as the chosen one. But you could have been, probably should have been. You know what I mean? Like, then you're just going to be a doofus the rest of your life. Like, what kind of doofus would Harry be if Neville had been the chosen one? I don't know. It sounds to me like um, Lily and James, though, were like the cool kids in school. And so their kid would not be dorky. No, he'd just be like that jock who like I'm play I play Quidditch all the yeah. time. That's all I know how to do, bro. That's, that's <laughs> well, yeah, scary. and I think if he had been brought up in the magical world like that, then you know he would have been a little probably more. Him and Malfoy would have been they best probably friends. Have. Probably this is too- honestly his James and Sirius. They were kind of dicks, so yeah. they weren't exactly like the sweet kids in school. So. Yeah, and I'm glad that they that uh, J.K. brought that up in this book that like, hey, they they were mean and cruel, and that's not a good way to be because then it makes lifelong uh, uh, hate oaths for professors that will take it out on your children in the future, and his yeah. his and your children's friends. Well, that's a very good point. Of you know, wait, the way that we treat people today affects how they treat people tomorrow, and look at Snape and his bullshit. You know, I mean, not that he was ever like the world's greatest guy, but when you have people tormenting you and all of that kind of stuff, your entire adolescence, then yeah, you're going to grow up to be greasy and bitter. There's also like a, there's also a line in there that kind of jumped out at me now that I've gone through other stuff, like the rest of the series. And where he's like, do you remember the conversation we had Dumbledore about certain individuals that you've hired? And, uh, and then Dumbledore says, quite simply, my memory is as good as it always has been. Yeah. You know? uh, and I was like, at first at first glance, if you've heard it, they're like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. I get that. But then the second part of it is like, yeah, I remember everything. <laughs> All the secrets. Not just <laughs> the ones that are benefiting you right now. Right. Should we have a conversation about Harry's parents right. again? <laughs> remember Lily. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's, it's a good point that you know, if you didn't have uh, uh, 
if he didn't have the death of Harry's parents, he would not have been nearly as good of a person he is now. Uh, similar to Bruce Wayne's backstory. Just not, uh, there's some parallels there. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it was stolen idea. Maybe not. What, nonetheless, James. Were his parents also like 19 years old when he was born? Yeah, they, they very have young. to be. Yeah. So we talked about before, it's like in the movie, the parents that they have portraying him are, you know, 40, yeah. 45, 50 years old, but he wouldn't have been that much older than he was. It would like in their early 30s. Yeah, I'd buy that. I mean, that didn't... I figured they got out of school and then had maybe like six years afterwards. So they would be at least, I was thinking like mid to late 20s, somewhere around there. And then they I don't died. know. I, I, I want to say that it's mentioned in one of the books and it wasn't very long, but I could be also mistaking that with God knows whatever. Yeah, he does. He does seem very young. And then what's weird is we he keeps he has the memory of his uh, mother here uh, and his father here at the point when he dies. But he doesn't really seem to have any previous memories of them. Well, he was only a year old. Yeah. And, you know, and it was a traumatic experience that got imprinted. Yeah. yeah. Before they're a year old. Or yeah. If you do, it's not much. Yeah, I was I, I, I was about to talk about something in a future book, but. I just realized I probably shouldn't. Don't so, do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I bro- I almost broke a rule. Come down. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, we do. Uh, we do know that he's like extremely, extremely young. So any time that he hears about his parents has been very happy for him. But everybody that's around him that's not Slytherin seems to be fully appreciative of uh, of his parents. But Severus, though, so there's that as well. But it does sound like James and Sirius were dicks, but maybe Lily uh, made up for it because she was wonderful. But we also only really hear about the adults who were friends with them. You never hear like like Cho Chang's parents coming out and going, yeah, James was a total dick. Like, you don't, those aren't things. You know, it's just the people who are friends with him. I just looked it up on Wikipedia or Wikibooks, and Uh James and Lily were 21 when they died. Yeah. So you graduate at seventeen. So you graduate a year early, and then you don't have you don't have any after uh, Hogwarts schooling. So yes, oh, right into the workforce. Boom. You're prepared. Go. You want to be a you're, magical cop? Here you go, lawyer. Here's Here you your go. Gun. Enjoy. I mean. <laughs> yep, I know because magic never backfires. You never have any issues with it. It's not like you can lose your memory or a piece or of your arm sister. or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or your sanity. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Or, or accidentally get possessed by Voldemort by writing in a diary. That's Or get possessed by Voldemort by walking through the woods. <laughs> worse. This just really Have to chop off your arm to build a new Voldemort. You know, it's cool. Yep. All right, we've totally spoiled some future things, but it's Matt. not terribly. But nobody will know when it's coming if they haven't read the books. Yes. And they're probably not listening That's to true. this anyway. Because they're <laughs> Amish. Well, <laughs> people have generally read all of the books. That's right, Ishmael. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, so basically the main point line on this book is that Sirius Black is a murderer. He murdered Peter Pettigrew and killed 12 muggles in like broad daylight and has been in Azkaban for the last 12 years, escapes and is now out on the run. That's 
Mm-hmm. But he doesn't that, find this until he takes his little night bus to the, you know, to the leaky cauldron, and and the minister of magic is waiting there for him. Yeah, because he thinks he's in trouble for blowing up right. his aunt. So it's like, because because they're so strict when it comes to silly things like, oh, you dr- you magically dropped a cake on someone's head. That's going to be a strike on your record. And I'm like, right, right. We okay. blew up your aunt. You know, Dumbledore had his. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, you've officially broken the rule. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just bleep, bleep that out. Bleep. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, bleep. Yeah. I'll figure out how to bleep. We'll get this going. <laughs> yeah, but and it seems so arbitrary. It's like, oh, a uh, uh, elf hopped into your house, performed some magic. You're expelled. Oh, you made your aunt blow up because you were angry. Oh, it's fine. Hang out here. At, have a all expense paid vacation at the Leaky Cauldron for a couple weeks. That's the other thing. Again, we have like zero supervision with these wizarding children who have like a weapon in their hands and could murder each other constantly. Let's just let him loose on Diagon Alley and hope that some witch or wizard staying in the bar, which, by the way, they're in a bar, so they're probably not paying that great attention anyway. We're just going to let him run free in this place for two weeks. Yeah, I'm sure they'll love it. Unless they want to go to Hogsmeade and then, God damn it, you're going to have a signed permission slip. Yeah. How dare you want to go to this magical area that's in the middle of nowhere that no other muggles could run into. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but have fun at Diagon Alley all by yourself with no permission slip from your parents. So I have to put an aside here because I just need to tell you how great the casting in the movie was for Sirius Black, though. Oh, yeah. Mm. Gary Oldman is perfect. He's, you know, he's my Commissioner Gordon. He's my Sirius Black. I don't know what to do. He literally can play anyone. I mean, I don't... he's perfect. Exactly. He played, um, you know, that guy in the Fifth Element with the thing mm-hmm. on. Oh his head. yeah, and Winston Churchill. You know, all the same, yeah. same level. You know. <laughs> I like him in the professional. Yes. Did he get an Oscar? Awesome. By the way, I love that. He should have get it for Sirius Black. He didn't need to get it for Winston Churchill. He should have got it for Sirius Black. Yeah, he is a treasure. Okay, but yes, by this time, we we know that uh, Sirius Black has escaped from Azkaban, and so much so, the Muggles, are, or the Wizards are so scared, they even told the Muggles, like, hey, watch out, we actually have some psychopath, and then you need to say that there's some crazy person out there. And uh, Harry, who breaks every single kind of rule, finds out that Sirius Black was James's best friend, and was the secret keeper and the godfather of Harry to lead him to a little bit of a breakdown over this information. As you would. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Just like Cuz he's all about his friends. His friends are his family and anyone and like for his dad's best friend to betray him like that 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 would be shattering to someone whose whose real family is already such a dick to him that like this doesn't compute at all. Yeah. Yeah, and he creates his family by choosing friends. You know, obviously the three of them are are more family than he's ever known in his entire life. And Hagrid. I know Hagrid never gets um, recognition here, but Hagrid was the best father figure for Harry that I can imagine. He pure heart. That's true. He's a lot better for him yeah. than Dumbledore. Jesus. He did a- 
Dumbledore may as well have just set him on fire and covered him in ants or like honey and set him out for the ants. Like, Jesus. He's fine. I put him on the doorstep. I left a note. It's going to be It's all fine. good. I have a grand plan that may or may not work, but whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah. He, yeah peaky, peaky, <laughs> so I understand completely why. Uh, Harry was so upset about this information, but I don't know if I would have plugged two and two together, maybe without the uh, premature death of my parents, that it was so devastating that I could be a little whiny bitch about it. But maybe, I don't know. How would you have felt? Is anybody anybody orphaned in this group? No. Liz, no. (laughs) No. 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 I wasn't, so I, I guess I can't say. Heather has more parents than anyone I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I know. So every lack of parent I have, I I grew three more. Right. Like Hydra. (laughs) The Hydra parents. (laughs) Like, you were Hydra the whole time? Holy shit. Yes. (laughs) One head, two more shall take its place. No. It's pretty true. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. All right. Um, I also want to talk about the. This is going to become essential in further books. The the Patronus is brought up, and this is super cool. The Patronus. It is really cool. I like. I'm. I'm kind of hung up on some of the spells, especially once we get closer to the end of this book. But the Patronus does like it kicks major ass. Yeah, and the Patronus is really cool. I would like one. I'm not sure if I have enough happy memories to make one, though. I'm just gonna throw it out. There. I know it needs like the the best and the most uh the most intense happy memory. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't win the Quidditch World <laughs> Cup or anything. I, I mean, know. I'm like, mm, I remember that. <laughs> I don't know that I have a lot of those. Luckily, remember- in the movie, you don't need that much. You just need a little no, bit, yeah. and then it pops just out. Just a happy thought. Just a happy My thought. Happy thought. I know. It's like, it's like you're going to fly to Neverland. Yeah. Like, Harry Potter probably doesn't have a ton of happy memories, so it'd be very difficult for him. However, I'd probably be pretty happy. Like, I remember the time I was able to eat the entire batch of cookies all by myself. That was awesome. Or pizza. That sounds awesome. Ooh. If I can eat it all without getting sick, ah, the best. I, if, if I can eat it all without sharing. That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, so let's, let's talk real quick about kind of the juxtaposition of the Dementors versus like a Boggart. Mm-hmm. They always kind of play the Boggart off like it's just a thing, right? Like it's this fun little thing. We keep it in a cupboard and we bring it out when we want to practice, right? But the Dementors are these horrible things that take away all of your joy. They feed on happiness, right? So that's one, which just seems really weird that you would need a super happy thought to create a Patronus, but that's what Dementors eat is happy. Yeah. But then the Boggart actually feeds on fear. So it figures out what your greatest fear is, brings that up. So it like stymies you and I guess eats your face. I don't really know what they're full. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> they they fully never understand do, but... what it actually does besides make you sad or make you terrified scared yeah exactly yeah, so it it's like it's just interesting that you've got this opposite ends of the spectrum on these little boogeyman kind of things yeah it, it does seem weird that they don't seem to have any kind of uh, mechanism to detain so if they're able to like look into your feelings and souls and see if you're guilty that's what i assume they do like the time heist monster mm-hmm. in um doctor who but i i what what do they do? They don't like handcuff you. They're like, okay, uh, death sentence. Here you go. Pretty much. 
Oh, the, the, there's no line. other option. <laughs> yeah. Yep, good. It's good to go. And then, like, people in Azkaban live. We know that uh, Hagrid went there last year and came back and is not crazy yet. So it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why keep the Dementors around? We have ways to repel them. Why are they our enforcement agency? Doesn't seem that smart. I think it's one of those like, okay, think about like Lord of the Rings or something like that, right? So they use these giant trolls Mm -hmm. for shit like opening doors or, you know, they keep them on a chain. But it's all these shitty little ogres who, um, hi, that troll could kill you. But for whatever reason, we're enslaving this population of strong characters to do our bidding. And unfortunately, that's kind of like really prevalent in this Harry Potter universe. You know, this magical creatures of, quote, near human intelligence or whatever they want to call them, like they do with the centaurs and stuff. So it's kind of a shitty world, you know? It is, especially if you're a centaur. They're like clearly smarter than the wizards. Yeah, just they're not very good at expressing it. Well, no, I actually just finished listening to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Mm -hmm. Them. It's really just a a list of magical creatures and their powers Mm -hmm. or whatever. And the centaurs and the mermaids both were given the opportunity to, like, join as a, you know, equal. And they're like, fuck you. We don't want to. Like, we're not equal to you. We're better than you. We're done. So I think that, like... Then we'll just outbreed you until you're not... Exactly. Exactly. So... Let me just tell you about Fantastic Beasts. I went on a uh, a little uh, scavenger hunt at the Houston Zoo with the Fantastic Beasts book, and I had clues on what to find because they all kind of have a major um, uh, a major animal as the predominant feature, right? Right. And and so it would uh, it would talk about. Um, a whelpie and he would say you know go find something that looks like a whelpie or whatever and so it was a horse and he'd go and find i there was no horses in the zoo i had to go like find them i was gonna say are there a lot of horses what? at the zoo yeah i know it's a really bad zoo it's like horses <laughs> and ducks like, and squirrels find the furry creature it's a squirrel <laughs> done it's not, yeah it's not a farm i don't know all right that was the only one i could think of but you know like there's snake like a basilisk you know so you go and find a snake right, right. and uh, take a picture it was super fun i'm just saying I just thought I'd let you know about that. Yeah, I wanted to go to that class. That was, yeah, that me was and Kitty went. One. Unfortunately, my cousin got married the same day, so it was like, Meh. yeah, we got. I can't really say sorry. I'm not coming to your wedding. I'm going to the zoo. Yeah, we got stuck <laughs> teamed up. Zoo to play Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> right. We got stuck teamed up with a lady in a wheelchair, and I'm like, "You're slowing us down. Come on." <laughs> so, oh, that was the lady in our uh, our little group thing, yeah. wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> We're all about diversity. <laughs> We're all about diversity. We need a handicapable person in our group. Yep. We need, need a frat boy. Like, just keep leading us down this road. <laughs> we need a person so we can park in better spots. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. That was awful. Anyway. <laughs> okay. The Amish are coming after us for that one. Yep. Yeah, we do need an Amish to round out the group. Mm-hmm. So all Amish, go ahead and apply on our website. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I don't have to look right. at this book in a whole. It's mostly just about Quidditch. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a, it is. Let's talk about so Quidditch. Much Quidditch. So much Quidditch in this book. Now, I understand it's Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, Randy, why don't you tell everybody what you posted today? That was hilarious. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. So what was really strange about it was that was the one I got like a big old hissy over. Some people like, yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not right because I'm just... I'm a man and I do things, manly things with, with football Sports. and stuff. Cool. Sports, yeah. <laughs> no, just like, whatever, bro. It's, I, but, what was it? Okay. Apparently there's an important episode of football on this weekend. Yes, the football fandom's going nuts. Lots of cosplaying going around. Tickets to the con are outrageous, though. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. I saw that right before I walked in for this and just laughed. It was awesome. I know. It was great. But, it, I mean... I take that con- I take this post as more like everyone's got their thing. Everyone like you get enthusiastic about it and you can dress up or, you know, d- depending on how deep you are into your own thing. And you will get made fun of for being that kind of guy or like, yeah, you're a big old sports nut. And we even use the term sports nut, but you know, you're a big old geek, you know, or nerd or whatever. Nerd and nut. It's just, uh, no. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We talk about this a lot that, you know, it, Nerdy is just, at least to us, geeky and nerdy is just kind of a passionate fandom, right? right? So whatever your fandom is, that's your geek. So, you know, I mean, my ex-husband was a major sports buff, and he just thought he was the coolest thing in the world. And I'm like, "Mm, if you can name every statistic, you're a fucking D&D nerd. You just don't know it. You know, (laughs) it's like fantasy football is D&D for jocks. Like, like, look look how many passes he threw. Yeah, but could he beat Deadpool if he didn't have his healing factor? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're right. He's got a plus eight shield of kicking your ass. So, mm. but what Everyone's spells does thing. he know? Yeah, <laughs> we don't see near enough geekiness outside of Hermione just being a bookworm in these books. That is true. I mean, I I don't and, they don't really have any any hobbies other than Harry plays Quidditch, and they don't hang around a lot of Ravenclaws, which I feel like they're the ones who like. Who bring the geekiness or the nerdiness to the whole, like, it's like, you guys don't know that you can make this happen if you just switch the wands, you know, circles like this? Like, yeah, no, we didn't learn that because we didn't need to know that this second. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's not a test coming up. But, like, it makes cocoa when you do this. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a Hufflepuff spell right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. We don't hear about any other hobbies other than Quidditch. And so I think they're trying to make this parallel that this is all non-geeky. This is all completely normal and these are this is our soccer or foot, football. Oh wait, it's not Spanish. They're they're or English. Football. They would actually say football. <laughs> football. <Yes. laughs> But there is that. And then but the funny part is that this book has become such a or this series has become such a deep dive into geek culture. The fact that there's like nothing geeky in the book other than, again, Hermione's a nerd and she likes to read. And that's a bad thing. That's what what I'm like. Yeah, but she also saves your ass in every book. In every book. Yeah. But that's what I like so much about it is that. This book was able to have such a a geeky spin on what everybody kind of is looking into right now, and but the the current non geeky stuff is super geeky. Okay, so like ten years ago, High School Musical. Tell me that's not the geekiest thing ever. High School Musical and Glee. 
right? Yeah. Those, oh, yeah. But but no, that was all okay in mainstream. And so Harry Potter, wizards going to school, playing a game <laughs> on brooms. That was not geeky. Oh, it's super geeky. So I'm I'm okay with people starting to realize that hey, um, everything kind of in pop culture ends up being into some kind of geek um area, if you will, some kind of fandom, and that's fine. I would still like to know where do wizard children go to school before the age of eleven? They don't. I think they're mostly homeschooled. Mm, that would make sense. <clears throat> or they go to they, they go to like a public school until they graduate. Into the I can't imagine they don't know how to use a telephone. I can't imagine that they have any interaction with Muggles like at all. I feel like maybe some of, like those born with Muggles would definitely go to public school, and then well, those yeah, who aren't, yeah. they're just homeschooled. Well, well, like Harry and Hermione definitely went to school you know, beforehand. But I'm just thinking like the Weasley kids and Malfoy and those kind of like, what, where did they go to school? Because they still have to learn how to do basic math and write and shit, you know? Maybe that's why interpersonal skills are like such an issue with the purebloods that because they're homeschooled. No, not that they're homeschooled, (laughs) but they only know what their wizard family has taught them, right? They don't know what anybody else out there, any other alternate viewpoints to the fact that you only purebloods are the way to go. Well, and they only interact with other purebloods as well. So yeah. that haughty, as far as we know, thing. that would be some well, weird yeah. thing. Like, and there'd be that one t- family who just like, all right, get your coat. We're going. Where are we going? Shut up. Just get in the car. <laughs> it's like, what? We're going to Muggle Land. We're going to London. You're going to hang out there for a week. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to go to London. They don't have any flying cars. Me. <laughs> Wait till they see what you wear. I have to walk on my feet. It's terrible. I want my robes. Why am I wearing these jeans? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine Draco Malfoy in like street clothes. Because, uh, you know, you see Ron and Harry and Hermione wear street clothes in the movies. You never see really anyone else. So. No, Draco just probably shows up in like, I like the wizard robes, quote unquote robes that look just like suits. It's like this yeah. is a suit. That's just billowy. I know. That's I, a Lucius Malfoy thing right there. Yep. I do Pinstripe like stripe robes. I suit. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is tailored in Italy. <laughs> By dragons. By dragons. <laughs> Dragon hide leather. Yep. Oh. All right. So um let's see. What else is there? Oh, let's talk about um the reveal at the end that scabbers a.k.a. Ron's rat, mm-hmm. uh, may or may not have been a wizard the whole time and just hanging out with the Weasleys <laughs> as a rat. Okay, so that always seemed to bug me a lot, especially when it happens in the book or in the movie. It's like somebody will say something like, there's no such thing as, and there's no way that could be, or no, that's that can't be true. And I'm like... They're- you they guys shoot magic powers out of your fingertips. You teach your teacher turned into a cat. Your parents were murdered by a dark wizard. There shouldn't be any of these words in your vocabulary of, well, that couldn't happen. Why not? <laughs> You're like, unicorns are roaming the forest right outside you the You saw school. it drink its blood. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't possibly. There's no way that rat is a rat? human man who's lived in my house for 12 years. That's the other thing. Okay, Weasley twins have the Marauder's Map. 
right? So they can see every person moving around on the Marauder's map. You know, at one point they would have looked up like, where's Ron? And say, oh, he's sleeping with a man named Peter Pettigrew. And like, nobody cares. Yeah, because they don't care about that's how much they care about Ron. (laughs) (laughs) he could have been molested by peter pettigrew forever and no one would have known this well and uh who was it before him was it bill's rat first yeah it was bill's percy i thought it was percy's rat maybe i don't know somebody's rat so it's been with him for a really long time and i'm like why would you think that rat should be alive for 12 years it has no magic yeah has no power yeah, and I, I did like that they brought that up at the beginning. It's like, hey, this shouldn't live that long if it has no magic. And, you know, it, it ties it back in. And that's JK's way. But, yeah, I think Percy, though, he would be trying to sleep his way to the top. So you just automatically <laughs> assume that Peter Pettigrew <laughs> was somebody in, like, the ministry that, like, mm-hmm. you know, was influential. Right. <laughs> but I I also love in the book how this that crappy little sneakoscope that Ron sends to Harry keeps flipping out every time Scabbers is in the room and, and no they're one like checks it, this like, is so weird I don't this know thing why is it's broken it never works right it doesn't I, work right I don't know I don't like every time they said oh it doesn't work right you know it was going out whole time during dinner but we put beetles in his soup but that doesn't seem like something that would set the <laughs> it doesn't uh, seem like it's working at all <laughs> we're all doing mistrusting things whatever we're shoving it in a sock just shut it up it's like I don't think you understand how this works we had to literally say I saw square i'm not up to no good and the thing went off weird right yeah <laughs> all right i do want to sneak a scope though they sound like a much better uh, uh home protection system than my canary it'd be yeah well there's that but it'd be really nice uh to have uh like out on the bus you know <laughs> like out in public you just see who's got nefarious purposes coming yeah <laughs> the problem is like the more sensitive it is the more it picks up on everything like apparently yeah. later on the bigger sneaker scope can had to be shut off because it kept detecting every kid who lied about his homework yeah right or or everybody that like maybe stared at someone's boobs for like a fraction of a second too or long. so they say mm-hmm. because that sneakoscope had a whole different issue. Yeah. But since that's in the next book, we won't talk about it. Okay. All right. Much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So when the big reveal happens, and like Randy said, it's impossible. This could never possibly happen. Uh, they sent, ended up. Uh, uh, they ended up getting dragged by a. Ron ended up getting dragged by a dog into the Whomping Willow, which turned out to pop into the Shrieking Shack and Hogsmeade, mm-hmm. uh, which we learn about for the next, what, three chapters on how that came about. And that was the little love shack for Lupin and Sirius for so long. Right. That's where they <laughs> live. <laughs> and so that's why the moans always came from the shack. So just saying. <laughs> Well, you know, right, werewolf, dog. I'll stop with the fan fiction stuff. I've been listening to too much Potterotica. <laughs> nope. No one goes near that shack. Stay away from it. <laughs> but shack, Why does it smell baby, like wet dog shack. and sex? <laughs> Get it away. Oh, my God. It's cursed by evil spirits. <laughs> oh my god. All right. It's a rat in a corner watching. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Um uh, all right. So Yeah, okay, here's the other thing. 
how did how did they not ever notice this pedigree rat? They knew what he looked like. They were with him at school. Really? How much has that rat changed? As do rats change like over time? I'm sure they get somewhat older, but got to or at least well, grayer. Well, so was, yeah, well, he so, was losing hair. He was getting patchy. Yeah, he was scared. Poor little like rat. Like a middle-aged man would. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But so they end up in the Shrieking Shack because a random black dog grabbed Ron, took him underneath the tree. They ended up in the Shrieking Shack and Hermione and Harry went to run after him to save their friend. And when they popped up in the Shrieking Shack, turns out that Ron was there with Sirius Black, which was a dun-dun-dun moment. I also love that Crookshanks and Sirius Black are like best friends. Oh, I do too. That was kind of awesome. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Crookshanks totally went and got, like, I want to know who Crookshanks is. So there was a theory that uh, Sirius would transform at James's house and play with Crookshanks because Crookshanks was Harry's cat. Oh, oh that's a nice, I like it. I'm gonna. I hey, think I've heard that. That's one. why they. That's why he was instantly like he knew exactly who I was because we met before, and yeah, it's like I remember. Well, I just we had think a it's cat. interesting that 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 cat was like, "Hey, I'll go steal the password codes from Neville Longbottom just because you told me to." Like the cat did that. I'm like what cat does that? Like cats don't do shit on command, and like they're gonna understand. Go take this paper. Like yeah. It's a cat. I, I, it's head cannon, but you think that Crookshanks would cuddle a little bit more with Harry if he actually was his cat? No, that's true. So maybe, but cats are assholes. Like, so yeah, say <laughs> like, whatever. Well, maybe he didn't like him as a baby because he pulled his tail. That's, yeah. that's another thing. And he chased him with. Oh, well, that's later. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. See, have- that's the hard part about doing these books when you know the outcome. Mm-hmm. Is I automatically want to jump ahead and go, we'll see when this happened. It was totally foreshadowed here, but it's like, ugh, yep. can't do it. We're going to have to have like a big all-encompassing talk again after we do it. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a I know. long way from there. This is book three of seven. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. To, you know, by our eighth anniversary, we'll totally it's be a, there. It's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, so this is where we find out that uh, Syria and then Lupin appears Lupin appears because he had the Marauder's map, and he was like, mm-hmm. hey, um, Sirius actually did not kill your parents. It was Ron's rat. So that was really convincing. <laughs> I know. They're like, the rat? What? Y'all have gone bonkers. You guys are yeah. crazy, bro. You're crazy. There's no way that could happen. Yep. Rats never cool. killed anybody yep. in England. In England. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> By the thousands. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> yep. So uh, this, my favorite part about this is that Sirius follows all, them all in, and all of the students freaking uh, attack Sirius. Not Sirius, Severus. Severus snuck in. Professor Snape and all of the students went after Sever- uh, Snape. They attacked him. They expelliarmus him and whatnot. And actually flew him backwards. So attacking a teacher, all okay, but my rat could never have done anything bad. They've been looking for a way to zap his ass for three years. Plus, he was getting really kind of like dementedly crazy. Like, this guy's going to jail and I'm going to watch him die while they get his soul sucked out. And it's going to be amazing. I'm like, 
Yeah, we should take yeah, this guy. He did go down. a little. <laughs> I know he did go a little ape shit. There's there's so many things that could be resolved in books and movies if just the men would just like listen to what the other one was trying to say aloud. Yeah, but well, it's like he was standing out in the hallway that whole time under the invisibility cloak. Uh, you know, like you didn't hear any of what was going on. No, because he was like, it's like I'm going to get story. you." Me. <laughs> yeah, story. <laughs> yep. So okay, so before we move on, I want to I want to just bring up one thing. I know for sure in the movie I saw Hermione does the spell Petrificus Totalis. And I know, I think I remember in the book, she does that in the first book. Yeah. Yeah, she does it to Neville at the end yeah. of the first book. Now, does, but does Neville, is a Neville able to see or hear as this happens? Because they don't explain I think so. That. I don't so think so. So then my next question is, why no one does this spell at all? They they can. It is it is brought up in a later book. Really? Harry gets Petrificus Totalis, and he can see and hear, but he can't move or speak. What did he, okay. Because like yeah. now, now we we pop out Peter Pettigrew and he's like trying to run around and like oh I know they're like catch catch the rat. him what are you like, gonna do um, Petrificus Totalis right they they yeah. seem to not use a great deal of very easy spells and well, it's like 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 Alohomora yeah. like they're like the door's locked it's like really, really? like still what are you that was a, oh, I'm sorry are was, you new did you forget that was your day wizard? one <laughs> we did that day one yeah year one okay. But we do. Her- Hermione does have a history of forgetting spells that she knows, even from book one. Remember when she was stuck and she was like, "We got to figure out a way to, you know, make sunlight." And Ron's like, "My God, you know how to do this? Are you a witch or not? <laughs> You've got a wand, you Jesus! Witch or like- what? All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, fine. Well, you know, stress will get anybody, but the- everybody else just kind of stupid all the time. Yeah, I know that was." And there- yeah, instead of going, oh, let me do a defensive spell. No, let me do an aggressive spell and take out my professor. That made the more sense. Well, technically, technically, the uh, Expelliarmus is a defensive spell. It's just supposed to disarm. But since he got hit with three of them at once, I guess that, it, you know. It turned it into stupefy. <laughs> right. Not according to the game. It's an aggressive sk- uh, spell in the game. Just no, an FYI. In the... In the- Mm, never so. mind. No, that was the last book. Yeah. So in uh, Chamber of Secrets, that's what they teach him during the dueling club. Yeah, is yeah. How to disarm. He, he says, uh, "Yeah, it's the bread and butter of a of a wizard, right?" It's Harry's signature spell of a good wizard. Yes, of a good wizard. A bad wizard's going to go straight to Avada Kedavra. So or uh, like well, Sempra. Se- that's the that's that's mine of choice because you can survive it a little bit, but you still like remember for the rest of your life, right? Right, right. You gotta remember that's, this. That's that's the way I want to harm someone, so I don't go to mm-hmm. jail, but practically kill them. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> there's there is there absolutely is no like Harry Potter jail, uh, unless you are slightly accused without evidence of opening a chamber of secrets or you've murdered thirty five people. Like I- anything in the middle, all okay. It's what, well, what it the, seems they to didn't be. go too well on the Death Eaters. Yeah, like you, those that one chick who. Made other people go insane. She's in there. Mm, and, Bellatrix. And then the guy who's like, he just murders animals for fun. That guy's in there too. 
it, mm. it just seems like there's a wide spectrum of gray area that has no punishment. It's a bad judge. It's a bad judiciary system in the in the wizarding world, is all. I know. Especially since you have to go um, up against a quorum of people, and fifty eight percent of them are your best friends. And you can bribe the rest. Yep. Right. <laughs> That's the, way the other it. ones are like. Well, you come from a really good family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be a thing. I know it is. <laughs> Court's adjourned. Yeah, but let's face it; it's a thing here too. So. Yeah, but I actually hear that, uh, like in England, is actually kind of common. Is that th- that there's more of like a classist uh, biased and based on your family. Like here, you say that whatever your parents believe doesn't reflect on you, or whatever your parents did doesn't shouldn't reflect on you. But in England, it's a hard. Um, it's still that's still obviously the overall concept, but it's much harder to get through. So it probably has something to do with you know royalty and lineage and all that bullshit. This yeah, they're big fans yeah. of that. So now that I've pissed off all our English listeners, yeah. yeah, all four of them. Yeah, there's a lot of English listeners. They they tell us that we should have said lift instead of elevator. Lift and and lorry and chump. Yes, Oot. and we and we're saying uh, biscuits wrong. Uh. <laughs> So, when do we talk about biscuits? biscuits. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I think this is literally the first mention of a biscuit on the show. Yeah, <laughs> four years. Yeah. All right, Popeye's biscuits. We are forgetting about Buckbeak. Uh, we went on. Oh. Uh, the so did everyone else. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! I mean, like literally. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one cares after a while. <laughs> yeah, Buckbeak's gone. Literally, no one cares after. Like ever. The only ones who care are Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And it's less for Buckbeak's sake and more for Hagrid. Yeah. They're like, meh, we don't really care. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of dangerous looking. We probably should just put it down just to be safe. Yeah. Right. But it's like, mm. I, I think that you really. It scratched a kid who whined, yeah. had nothing wrong with him. Our magical healer says, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. We literally told you not to insult it, and you walked right. up to it and said, you stupid, ugly bird! You dumb dodo, right? That, I mean, I like how 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 does Malfoy manage to be both a pussy and a dick at the exact same time? I think that's actually like, really common. Those traits actually go hand in that, hand. That is a Slytherin trait. <laughs> it's like he's over there crying on the ground, like he's been murdered, but he's whining like a total bitch. And then the next minute, he's all like, oh, Potter, you fainted? It's like, yeah, these things that are literally going to suck out your soul and are the most horrifying creatures in the world. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you pissed yourself when they came on the train. So, what? (laughs) (laughs) And what the fuck is up with Neville going around telling everybody that Harry Potter passed out when the Dementors came through? Because he don't care. He's just... I was like, what? They're not real friends. (laughs) Like, well, why? they did petrify him two years ago. I mean, they've got some road to work on. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you you literally stunned me, and I was stuck there for hours. <laughs> yep. Thank God I got ten house points for that. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> you dipshit. That was just because uh, Dumbledore didn't want Slytherin to win the house cup, but nonetheless. <laughs> no favoritism here. I had to get petrified to get a freaking house cup. Gryffindor, no. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So Buckbeat is sentenced to death because Malfoy is a bitch, right? And uh, his his dad got uh, 
apparently the entire all of magical creature law enforcement uh, to sharpen up their axe and kill this guy. So Buckbork gets Buckbeak. <laughs> <laughs> I like Buckbork. I think it makes better sense. That's a better name. Bork it orky. So Buckbeak gets executed outside Hagrid's hut. Um, and shortly thereafter is actually back when we were talking earlier where Ron got uh, dragged off by a big dog that turned out to be Sirius Black and taken to the Shrieking Shack. So that culminates into a happy little day where a dead Buckbeak and um, Sirius has been kidnapped. Kissed. Kissed. Or about to be kissed, right? About to be kissed. Yeah, so he got dragged back, and then Lupin coincidentally forgot to take his potion. I mean, really, if you were a werewolf, would you forget your potion? No. I would not. Not at all. I have some in my pocket all the time. Exactly. Lupin at the end ended up having to put his resignation in because of the incident, and it was like, well, you know what? You forgot your potion. So I Mm, kind of understand. It's kind of on you. Yeah. Yeah, it's your damn fault. You're like, you are the defense against the dark arts teacher. <laughs> Your whole goal is to make sure these kids don't get murdered. By werewolves. By you. And you're a werewolf, so. <laughs> I'm going to not teach you anything about werewolves. So whenever, you know, another werewolf shows up later, oh, you won't know what to do. I'm so embarrassed that to be a werewolf that I really just want to make sure that you never figure it out that I am one. So. Yeah. Just don't hang out with me at night. That's all. I like that Hermione's known about it for like six months. And she's like, meh, the werewolf's fine. Fine. She's like, I'm not prejudiced. Don't mind me. Mm-mm. And then at the end, she's like, I <laughs> should have been. you're a werewolf. <laughs> I should have been prejudiced. Trusted you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why would you trust him is the question. Like, if you find out he's a werewolf, he hasn't told anybody he's a werewolf. But maybe just because no one's shown up dead, you just go, yeah, I'll trust this guy. Or at he's least cool. confront him about it and be like. I know who you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you explain why you haven't murdered anybody? And if so, maybe I'll keep your secret. You know. Right. Exactly. Oh, Snape gives me this magic potion that turns me into not so much of a murdery werewolf. I mean, she's she's such a tattletale. Don't you think she would have gone straight to McGonagall or Dumbledore or somebody and and been like. And they would have been like, yeah, we know. What are you going to do about about it? it. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Call a cop. (laughs) Yeah. But. Uh, though of all of the three of them, uh, and you'll see it more in the later books, she is the most aware of uh, magical creatures and their rights and uh, their d- the discrimination against them. And so that's probably where she was coming from on that one. I would think so. But also, I think, again, the, a lot of the wizarding world, or at least the pure blood wizarding world, almost treats muggles like they would be pets. Like they don't, you know, obviously they're going to call them mud blood. They don't think that they're good enough to be wizards, blah, blah, blah. So maybe she has that second class kinship or something. Yeah, maybe. that makes sense. Yeah. So, but, um, all right. So the truth is revealed at the very worst second because then Lupin's like, oh shit, there's a full moon. Now I'm going to kill everybody and Pettigrew's going to escape. Right? Right. Again. You couldn't start with Pettigrew? It doesn't like, and then again, it's like, we're gonna we're gonna chain the werewolf to the guy with the broken leg and the convicted murderer that we need to keep safe. That's what who we're, can shrink down. Who can to shrink the size and get of rid rat. of his like? Yeah, make sure he doesn't do his thing. 
shouldn't there have been some, like, again, defense against the dark art, shouldn't there be some sort of spell that you could put on somebody to keep them from transforming? That seems like it would be, if you had these unregistered animagus come running around, don't you think that would be a good spell to know? There's, yeah. There's, there's the ones when you tie them up with ropes that Snape did in that same mm-hmm. same scene. So yep. that could have happened. Um, and it's just like, okay, and then he releases that. Then there's Petrificus Totalis, which completely immobilizes you again. But she could have put him on a stretcher like he did with the other one. Or, or there's the one where you could turn him into a tea kettle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. There are lots of options. I agree. <laughs> All of which well, they, they only, know how to they do. Only manage, <laughs> they only manage the teacup with the wiggling tail, though. Yeah. So. And that would have been enough. Teacups don't <laughs> run away. <laughs> put it in your pocket. Yeah. And by the way, though, like, why bring Snape with you? Is he completely incapable of walking as soon as, uh, as soon as he and comes back? That would have been fine. It's like there's no ghost in here. <laughs> they couldn't have done a short-term obliviate on him, so he wouldn't remember all of that nonsense. But they couldn't have thought that was going to go well. By the time he woke up, they would have been at the castle. <laughs> yeah, right. They would have been fine. It and. Uh, yeah, they would have been able to explain to Dumbledore what happened and at least would have gotten away with, you know, stunning a professor. Yeah, and then Snape would have shown up like, he's a, he's a, yeah, we know, he was here 20 minutes ago, he went through the story twice. Yeah. Where were you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Sleeping. Oh. And Harry's got an invisibility cloak. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we knew about that too. Yeah. Dumbledore gave it to him, sucker. Yep. Part of another thing. I'm not going to tell you about it right now, but it's another can you, thing. <laughs> can you can you imagine if Snape would have known that Dumbledore was the one that gave uh, Harry the invisibility cloak? He probably would have went ballistic. Yeah, but he never goes after Dumbledore. So I feel like Snape knows about the cloak, but I feel like he knows that it it belongs to that family line that he can't take it. Like it's so magically powerful that. He's I don't think he was going to give it back, yeah. to be honest. It didn't sound like he was, oh, hey, guess what I found? Here you go. No. Right. Yeah. But, all right. So we get uh, Lupin turns into a werewolf, and Harry and Sirius end up by the lake. I can't recall why they ran there. I don't know. Uh, no, Sirius had turned into the dog and ran after Lupin to keep him oh, away yes. from the kids because he's a werewolf. And they, he ends up injured down by the lake because okay. that's where, I guess, he gets slashed or whatever. Yeah. So he's laying down by the lake. Harry hears him howling as a dog, runs off after him to find him. And that's when they feel the Dementors come in. Yes. And um, we, we, how the fuck do these Dementors just know to show up there? I They're like, hmm, I feel the power of happiness. Like, what are they doing? Well, that's what they did at the Quidditch Cup. Nobody was yeah. happy in that situation. Well, <laughs> I know they like they sent strong emotion more than anything else. So they like if if there's nothing going on except for sleeping bodies, because that's the whole the whole castle's asleep. But now you start to sense panic and fear, and it's like, okay, hang on, let's go over there and see what's going on. And oh look, this is the guy we've been looking for, panicking and fearing. That he's about to die. <laughs> yeah, perfect. This is this is our cup of yeah. tea. So so they see Sirius over there. At this point, Harry is fully team Sirius because uh, he's like, "Oh, hey, you're my godfather. You're awesome. We're not mad at you anymore." And he's very. Upset. I'm gonna live with you. Like, I'd rather live with the murderer than these stupid <laughs> right? people. I can't wait. Word. Yep. Nobody will discriminate against against us then. Right. Because 
the the Harry Potter wizards are so open and uh, and lenient and, and so understanding. Forgiving. Yeah, <laughs> they would never automatically assume his guilt. Anyway, so uh, as he's about to die because uh, uh, a Dementor not only tries to perform a kiss on Sirius, but is about to perform it on Harry Potter, a completely innocent student in the matter, because that's what happens when you have um, creatures like this do your policing for you. They're not exactly discriminatory when it comes to exactly. what they can eat. No, they're hungry. Yep. Starving. And suddenly, a huge Patronus appears in the shape of a stag, and scares them off. And he sees his dad across the lake. Yeah, he sees a wizard, and it's his dad. So, magic. But that's that's impossible. Remember, (laughs) we say that. It's impossible. It's impossible. The dead don't come back to life. No one ever comes back to the dead. The castle is not full of ghosts. That is not the thing that happens (laughs) at all. Yeah, there are no ghosts in that castle. Don't you think the Potters would have been like some serious candidates for unfinished business? Yep. Yeah. When it comes to ghosting, yeah. No, unless their fate in life was to just die. Yep. That they they they, they met Maybe. their they met their purpose, and now mm. and now they but they they seem to come back quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. But mostly just because of their imagery of death. It's like, no, we had to die so Harry could live. Exactly. You're like, "Mm." you could have apparated out of there. I'm just saying. They're like, I read this DC comic (laughs) book. I don't understand why Lily didn't have a wand, though. I get, I remember hearing why James didn't have a wand, but I don't understand why Lily didn't have one. I guess because she was running with her child. Maybe, yeah, it would be like wandering around with a gun while you're taking care of your child. But if I'm being hunted by a murderer, I'm... But they thought they were secret and safe. I I wouldn't. You still got shit to do. But again, okay, think about having a pencil in your pocket all the time. It's annoying, right? You go sit down, the baby grabs it and shoots himself with it. You know, like, it's How are there not, like, a wand-making holster dude somewhere (laughs) and just like... My name's Tex. I make all the wand holsters that you could ever need. That's all you do. Dragon hide, unicorn hide. That would yep. be a great side business for Ollivander. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ollivander, I, I fit all the ones. Go down there, Ollivander, that other dude in Europe, I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malfoy in the Down movies. Yeah. Malfoy in the movies has a, a wand that's uh, inside a cane, which I think is super dope. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I would totally do that because then it helps you when you're hiking. Right. I would just have like gauntlets that just have the wand like next to my arm. So that way mm-hmm. it's I'm touching it and just like, shoot it out my hand. Like, how did you do that? Uh, I've got a gauntlet. Kind of like Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Little face. web thing. It's like he shot magic from his hands. How did he do that? Nah. Pew, pew. <laughs> All right. Everybody wakes up at the hospital and Dumbledore's there. And he mentions, you know what? Nobody's going to believe you, so Sirius is going to die any second now. We could use some more time. That's it. That's all his instructions. But he stares at Hermione. Yeah, he's like, like, mm? he's like now listen She's like, closely. I got it. I got this. I'm 13, but let me take over. You're a fucking wizard. You're the wizard's wizard. But let me, the 13-year-old fucking witch, 
do this. Yeah. Most dangerous thing in the world. God like, could, could possibly go insane. Because he could definitely claim plausible deniability if she messed up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know. Because Dumbledore's always looking out for number one. Right? Yep. Just like, yeah. If yeah, it exactly. work, I could just send Neville. That'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a whole school of students I can work with. Got all this cannon fodder to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So then that's when Hermione, uh, advises everybody that she is completely has been turning back time every single day because there's not going to be any problems with that um in order to take more classes because oh yep she's a nerd <laughs> right yeah okay she didn't notice and so she she's turns so back much time. of a nerd she had to get special permission to nerd out from the government yeah god right. forbid miss mcgonagall who knows how to use a time turner uh does any of what she's about to do. Nope. Let's set this on Hermione and Harry's heads because you know what? We've got more. Yeah. So in one of the later movies, and I know we don't talk about this, she does say something like, why is it always you three? It's like, because you keep fucking putting us in this position, dummy. They don't ever ask fucking Pavarti Patel to do it. You know, it's always them. It's like, why doesn't Seamus ever get called to the principal's office to fight some kind of evil dark lord? Seriously. Seamus is so falling behind. Because Seamus blows everything up. Right. That's why. That, that'd be enough. <laughs> it would be helpful in certain circumstances. Sometimes it's yes. all you he need. He got called to like... <laughs> he was like, yes. My time to shine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Another chunk that's getting beeped out. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Beep. This whole thing is going to be working. We're like, what is going on? <laughs> so anyways, uh, Dumbledore tells her that three turns would do the trick for whatever it is. He said more than one life could be saved tonight if you, you know, don't fuck this shit up. Mm. And so she's like, okay, we have to go back in time three hours. Let's do that. Like, what were we doing three hours ago? So. We were watching Buckbeat get executed. <laughs> How the time flies. <laughs> It just seems like it just seems like a, a minute ago that Buckbeak got executed. Nothing changed since then. Last three hours. Yeah, and it's like I get Hermione's been doing this all year, so it wouldn't be normal for her. Don't you think Harry would be having some sort of adverse reactions to the first time you time travel? I don't I think know. So. I think that would take a little time to really Maybe they have to go back a further hour he doesn't remember so that she can let it sink yeah. in. They've done this like set, did Yeah, this has been like three days worth of going back. All right, let me explain it again. <laughs> Jesus One more Christ, time. Harry. Hang on. One, two, three, four. <laughs> okay. And then they have like, they've got this time turner. Why didn't you just go back and like kill Voldemort before he got the Potters? You know what I mean? Like it just becomes a slippery slope. Fixed point in time cannot change it. Mm. <laughs> That's what I was. But thinking. we can change Buckbeak's murder because no one cares. And serious, no one cares about Buckbeak afterwards. <laughs> Not even one. Of- like, yep. No, they don't care. Yep, they've already forgotten. Yeah. So this, um, they they figured out that they can go back in time and uh, right before Buckbeak gets murdered and save Buckbeak. And so that's exciting. So they run him off into the woods. Executioner gets all pissed off and breaks a pumpkin. I can't remember if that's in the book or the movie, but it still was a cool scene. He still makes a chop sound yeah. of some sort. Yeah. So Buckbeak saved. Everybody's so happy because it would be completely impossible for Hagrid or anybody else to do anything to save Buckbeak because they were all right there. There is. They could have just let him flown away. What would they have done? 
It, nothing. Like, what could you do? You're like, he broke free. He's a fucking hippogriff. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I, I, well, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, we live in a world where time turners exist. People know they exist. But no, it would have been impossible for anything to happen to Buckbeak because we saw him there and we were all just hanging out together. And by the way, we have no friends. Nobody else cares about the well-being of Buckbeak. But that's beside the point. Anyway, Buckbeak saved. Yay! The same universe are like, there's no way a man lived as a rat for 12 years. That's impossible. It, especially not if he didn't register. He would have surely registered. He would have registered his illegal powers. Come on. Yeah. I certainly would have. Don't you forget mm-hmm. that. <laughs> it's not like there's the only Animagus they run into that's not registered. Right. That'd have to be super rare. Nobody would ever dare. No. Not for personal gain by any means. At all. And it have nothing to do with how the wizards treat Animagus or any kind of uh, person that turns into another being. <laughs> it's so stupid. Okay. Anyway. We're almost done. We're almost there, guys. <laughs> We're almost there. All right. So we get, uh, so then Harry and Hermione have to like hang out for like two and a half hours while all this stuff is happening. And they're like, hey, I saw my dad save me. And she's like, Which doesn't make any sense because they could have called for help right then. Yeah. They could have just uh, like, all right, let's go grab all the adults and have them stand right here. Or maybe Miss like, Mc- No, no, this has to happen. We're like, but the whole point is you're trying to stop this from happening. So like, if 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 the entire Hogwarts staff is standing outside of the Whomping Willow and they bring out Peter Pettigrew and Sirius Black, <laughs> right. everything changes. Yeah. Maybe why and don't like, we Oh, he's a werewolf. Run! <laughs> Maybe we find somebody that's big and burly, not that's not drunk, to just kind of take over our werewolf problem we're about to have in three, Or one of two, them goes, Petrificus yeah. Totalis. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't work if, like, you're amped up on, like, uh, you know, uh, what is that thing? Wolf juice. Impedimenta. <laughs> <laughs> Stupefy. Stupefy. Yeah, there's a, it seems like there's <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Someone's going to jail for that one. It's It's unforgivable. It's like, how many more can I name before we like, you know what? Maybe if we're magic, we could stop these things from happening more often. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, but we can't use magic for that. We we, we have to use it for stupid shit, like guessing what the future holds. And killing innocent animals. (laughs) Right. All right. Um, Reasons. So this, so Harry's sitting there watching himself get his uh, face uh, about to be sucked off, and uh, that sounds wrong. Um, that does sound wrong. Getting sucked <laughs> off across the lake, and he's like, "What is this? No, <laughs> not right, not right." Okay, hundreds so- of black figures coming from the sky, ready to suck him off. Oh. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> well, that's an entire a different genre of writing. Um, anywho, so, <laughs> <laughs> so he realizes it takes him like forty-five minutes. It felt like to realize that it was not his father that hit the Patronus, but it was him that. <laughs> She's like, "Um, your dad's still dead, dummy. He's yeah. not coming back. There was He's no like, real magic here. It was just you." <laughs> It's he's, just you all along creating really difficult magic and for impossible power that just happened to yeah. come from somewhere. I know, and it's but you can't be a rat. Yeah, 
can live as a rat for 12 years. (laughs) Well, he's sitting there going the whole time, like, oh, I have to stay here because that's when somebody appeared and then they issued a Patronus. And I'm just going to stand in the exact same spot that this happened to happen. And why aren't they here yet? (laughs) <laughs> like right i'm gonna sit here and look for him yeah that was annoying it was particularly annoying so he so then we realize that that it is him that's done this so now my mind goes into the paradoxical time loop yep. of how many fucking times have they gone back and the, make this happen like when was the original time yes because it, yeah remember my the bootstrap paradox yep right mm. oh yeah yeah so <laughs> <laughs> What I love that episode of Doctor Who. I know it's the we best. It's the best episode. We had an entire, practically an entire uh, podcast on it. So, mm-hmm. yes, actually, we did. Yeah, we have an entire time. It was time travel. Yes, so. a time tra- And then my favorite, uh, my favorite time travel heavy metal song, which was uh, Iron Man. Yep. So, yeah, you'll have to listen to the podcast if you want to learn more. Season one. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Anywho, um, so. He is, he makes a Patronus. It's a beautiful stag. It goes right in across, and it saves Sirius and Harry. And ta-da! Oh, wait. No, we're not done. I forgot. Then they fly off. Well, With Buckbeak. Yes. To say... No, they st- they have to still go get Sirius. Yeah. They have to go bust him out of the tower. Yeah, yeah. Because he has to be taken. Yeah. So that they... I don't know why. Again, nobody knew he was there but Snape, and everybody would have thought he was a raving loon. That would have been hilarious. And like... He's, he was here the whole time. Like, okay, crazy ladies. I like that he's not remotely concerned about the here's Peter Pettigrew, a guy that's supposed to be dead who was living as a rat, standing right in front of us. That's not an issue. It was, but it was serious. Thing that yeah. like, never mind. That's later. That's another thing in the book that happens later that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you? Because that's a thing that you'd have and you know everyone else can do it, but no, whatever. He's lying. Well, then read his mind. <laughs> I know. Like, you think there's probably a spell for that. I'm sure there is. I'm not, I don't know. you don't spend a whole year and a half defending yourself from it. <laughs> it's, I, that's, I know, that's absolutely ridiculous. It's like you could suck the brain juice out of anybody and look at it. So, anyway, maybe it's like lie detector where like some wizards can get around it. Well, it's funny because Harry does say several times throughout the book and throughout the series, like, I wonder if he can, it's like he can read my mind. Yeah, and like, I was like, I was like, you know what, guys, he probably is. <laughs> is it like he can read your mind? But that's, it's not but like that's he impossible. Can master spells without saying them out loud, which is something you all learn later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Um, all right. So then they have to wait another two hours or something. And when it gets to the point in which they know that uh, Sirius is locked up, they fly up with Buckbeak, and they save him. Yay! Buck- he flies off into the sunset. And Lupin sheds a little tear for his long-lost lover. <laughs> <laughs> but he has to quit, because reasons. Snape outs him. Yes. Yes. It's hard enough, it's hard enough being a werewolf today, let alone having, <laughs> having your lover be a convicted murderer. Wow, that's a whole nother level of this story. (laughs) Well, I thought it was really, really interesting that when, you know, when Snape is talking to Dumbledore about what happened, he was like, well, yes, they did attack me, but they were clearly under someone else's spell. And I don't think that they should be punished. I was surprised by that. Potter here. (laughs) They are dickheads all the time. 
I have reason to believe like, he's sneaking out and eating cookies when he's not I supposed to be. I think he's got an invisibility cloak. <laughs> Snape, I think you've gone mad, sir. <laughs> right. I think that's what the fudge tells him. Yeah, he's like, like uh, that man's a bit on hinge. You should watch him, Dumbledore. He may throw. Oh, he needs a room. Good God, I have got so much bleeping to do. (laughs) We've never bleeped him before. We always screw something up. Uh, It's fine. That was like the biggest spoiler of the series. (laughs) Well, you said it out loud. What if it was just like a a terrible joke? Like. Well, there's two minutes you can cut out. It's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> so they make it back to the, uh, whatever, hospital wing mm-hmm. with seconds to spare. Meet Dumbledore as he's coming out of the room. They're like, it's done. He's like, what's done? And walks away. That was the best part and of then that. They, that, yeah, that and was then so they go back story, in yeah. and Ron's like, what the, where the, what the, huh? So they they never really tell him. I don't think. Maybe till later. I don't even know if they tell him later. Like in the book, like he like you tell him. I'm gonna sit here and eat chocolate because I'm bored. Right. Oh, I want to talk about the chocolate thing. Okay. So in the book, in the movie, they always say, you know, the Dementor comes, you pass out, or you're feeling really creepy. You'll never be cheery again. Whatever. Here, eat some chocolate. It'll help. Is this just because they consider chocolate to be like the ultimate happiness or is there something specific to the properties of chocolate? Because nobody ever says, they just say, eat chocolate to feel better. Because chocolate makes you happy. I mean, well, it has been scientifically proven that chocolate does produce the same kind of endorphins that results in happy feelings. So it's like, well, there you go. So it's like, scientifically, that makes sense. You eat some chocolate whenever a demon sucks out all the happiness from you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, science. Scientifically. Right, right. <laughs> the science to offset your demon sucking, you know. I think that I think that this passing around of chocolate whenever weird and scary things happen should be an ongoing thing. I agree. It should just happen everywhere. Every, that should be in all the horror movies. <gasps> I, I think he's gone. Here, have a Kit Kat. Oh. <laughs> what? It'll help you calm your nerves. And then that person will bite the yeah. Kit Kat wrong. And it's like, and then, snap it, and then they, you just see the guy like, turn. Uh. It's like, no! <laughs> or they take the, the bite out of all four mm-hmm. instead of breaking them it's off like, like a psychopath. I hope psychopath. he does stab you. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. You're like, now I need chocolate to get over that, you bastard. You just hear the music yeah. in the bread. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically the end i guess they get back on the hogwarts express to go home and hedwig shows up with a letter from sirius i don't understand like i get harry sends the owl out to send mail how does the owl know to just go show up somewhere to receive mail i don't know and i don't because if harry doesn't let him out how is he supposed to go get oh no no wait a minute was it what was Hedwig with him? Hedwig may have been with him. Remember, he sends oh, the little tiny yeah, he owl. he sends Pigwid, uh, Pid, Pigwidgeon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so he sends Pigwidgeon, or whatever his name is, and they uh, he gets the letter and basically says, you know, Buckbeak and I are, we're fine, we're on the lamb, whatever. Oh, by the way, I sent you the firebolt with my money from my own Gringotts vault. Now, one... This person has been in, put into Azkaban for the rest of their fucking life. Why do they still have a Green God's Vault? And two, how are they accessing their Green God's Vault when they are on the run and everyone's looking for them? I don't think that they... There's not an ATM. So, I don't th- 
the book says that he sent Crookshanks to buy the broken. <laughs> Just do a Which lot brings of up cats. a lot more questions. Do a lot of cats buy brooms? Who's selling a broom to a cat? There's guy. And how, okay, does, so how does the cat communicate if, that? If a cat showed up at the Mercedes dealership with a, <laughs> with a note saying, sell this cat a Mercedes, the most expensive one you have, and take it from this account number, do you think anyone would be okay. like, sure? <laughs> A car sales if they're getting commission. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, you want all the you want all the special features on this Mercedes, right? Okay, you got it, buddy. <laughs> and then the cat what flies the broom back to London? Yeah, like, like I what, do you, what do you want me to deliver this to? <laughs> okay, uh, Hogsmeade. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> time to take it to Honeybee. You know, we got an extra bowl of milk on the side if you want to get that. And help yourself, oh, sir. It's fine. <laughs> this particular model comes with a saucer holder. <laughs> Yeah. So, but but again, Gringotts seems to have a pretty tight grip on how much money everybody's got in what vault. Eh, yeah, not going to notice if you like, try to steal it. But I feel like, you know, like Harry has no problem getting money out. No, no. I mean, it's your vault. But again, you're a convicted murderer that everyone in the world is looking for. How are you getting to the bank to get your shit? Well, it's a cat, they but never, I, th- they never I think explain like how like how do they do day to day money? And it's like where's my logistics and an, banking? A wizard ATM. <laughs> yeah, where, where? I would rather honestly, I would rather that as a follow up book than like the cursed child. I would, I would like like how do you do wire transfers with Gringotts? Oh, yeah. that's the next. Is there an ATM if you don't live near? It's a Gringotts training alley. manual for like new goblins. It's like. Today we're going to go over transactional intercourse through dimensions. <laughs> what I wonder, I mean, there's a, there's so many things with the whole Harry Potter world, right? That is very similar to this. But like, when somebody is a squib, you are useless to them. You can't function mm-hmm. in your own society that you were born into and your whole family is around. How would that be? I mean, that's it's like those people who miss jumping off the train in Divergent. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Now you live in your own society underground. You are classless. And, right. and I feel like really you would just be a muggle. You just like, right. like you, your parents would figure out you were a squib at an early age because you didn't get the letter or whatever. And you'd be like, all right, it's off to public school for you. And you'd just be like, man, soup. It almost sounds like they kind of disown them, though. Like, yeah. ugh, not in our family. Like, we don't want these guys. All the orphanages in the Saint Brutus's, yeah. Uh, all the orphanages in London are just filled with like magical. Their kids are like squibs. That would be a very sad and sweet story of the wizarding squib school. Yep, we're just like, 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 welcome to Xavier's school for misguided wizards. (laughs) It's just, it's just the, it's just the story of Oliver, but with like squibs. That's all it is, and it's just like there, there are wizards there, like yeah, we. We do things for you, but you know, don't have the power. So we teach you how to be muggles. And it's like, right. We teach you how to use a phone. This is a and phone. And this is called an email. And this is. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's 1990. Why are we still using a fucking quill and ink? Right. Yeah. Why is there no internet? This, I don't understand. This is called a cellular telephone. <laughs> it gives you magic <laughs> powers to talk to anyone in the world. 
you know, cell phones would be so much more beneficial to the uh, wizards than they think. And you start to realize that in the net, you know, um, Dumbledore's army or whatever, whenever yep. that book is and all these things. It's like you can't communicate with each other except for through owls. Really? <laughs> Texting Cho and it's like, hey, where you at? <laughs> you up? <laughs> Getting grilled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Umbridge coming. Umbridge Run. Coming. Yep. Run. Yep. Go out other door. <laughs> you need a different exit. Meet you at the place you know where. <laughs> right. <laughs> Group chat. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. So lots of lots of opportunities for cell phones in the wizarding world. Um, but again, they're in like 14th century England. Well, even just think about the amount of food you have to have to feed 17,000 owls in an owlery. Well, I thought they and just the amount eat, of owl poop everywhere. They just eat mice. I think the amount of mice you'd need. How many mice do they have? I don't know. I thought they, I thought they let them out to hunt in the forest on their own. Just like they get their own. They yeah. sleep here, but they don't. we don't feed them. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I figured. They get their I own I still food. think a cell phone plan would be cheaper. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, Randy, since uh, uh, since you are new to the podcast, you want to tell uh, listeners how to find you and uh, any final thoughts? Sure. Uh, so I'm Random Randy Savage from Colt 45 Podcast, where we do um, weekly, let's go with weekly shows about different cult films, and we rank them and basically just do what we did here, but with movies instead of books. So, And uh, I'm the co-host with... Uh, beat him down and it's gonna be amazing this this i don't know when this is coming out but in february we're doing all black history month kind of films so mostly movies i've never seen that are going to get my black card revoked so (laughs) because you didn't see them because i haven't seen them yet so i need Uh, to like re-up it well last year didn't you do all the superhero movies yeah we did all the black superhero movies and then we completely drained that well so I know there's like five. You got all the weight. It's not, a, it's yeah. not a long list. It's not a long list. We need to start making more of those. But. Well, wait. wait. The, I think you got enough blades to hit the whole month. No? Yeah, but meh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's blade. You just so. want blade. Yeah. You don't need any of the others. Plus B, plus B does like, he does movies beyond movies on other podcasts. And he already did half the other blade trilogy oh. on another podcast. And I was like, well, that's fine. <laughs> but every time I talk about Harry Potter, I haven't seen that. Well, fine. <laughs> you got to make him do. Uh, Tell him Harry that he Potter. gets his nerd card revoked. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, I uh, hope everybody enjoyed having Randy on the uh, on the podcast this week. Yep, we're super Yay. excited that you came on. Thank you so much. Me too. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, I guess we will see you guys next time. Want a chance to support the show? Want to get some awesome rewards and nerdy bitches swag? Then head over to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches. From not your basic bitch to rock star bitch, we have a monthly plan to fit any budget. Your support allows us to really up our game and make sure the show stays awesome without bowing to corporate sponsorship. In addition to providing prizes, giveaways, and convention coverage, we will also donate 20% of all net profits each month to other independent podcasts. This allows us to help grow other indie shows that we believe in. So hit us up at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and support your favorite bitches today. 
music provided by www.bensound.com. And please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. You have broken that glass ceiling, sir.